In brightest day, in blackest night, all other podcasts tremble in fright. Losers cower before the power. Oranges lust and blues you can trust. Indigos feel and white ones heal. Yellow scare and green ones dare. That sapphire love and black hands glove will rock your foundation without hesitation. Then Mars face evil's minds. Respect their power for they'll make you see the light. Hey everyone, I'm Mark Marble. And I'm Dan Kurtzke. And this is the Lantern Cast. Episode 544. A Chad-free zone, but not by planning. Yeah, I mean, really, what better way is there to end one year and start another than to just go Chadless for a little while? It kind of it is symmetry though, because that's kind of like that's kind of like where we were when the year began. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll let, label this uh, a world without a Bokelman. This will be like the ultimate epilogue. <laughs> Well, it'll ju- it'll be just like how uh how uh Blackest Night gave us one more issue of long canceled series. This is our uh this is our uh, t- our uh, tie-in to the uh the Bokelmanless years. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess that ep- I guess that episode we did on Manly Bands was enough to wipe Chad out for the for for the foreseeable future. So speaking of that of that segue, yes, I will mention at the end of the episode too. But in case anyone didn't listen to our our are very thoughtful that we I came out we thought overall it came out very well considering we knew we knew generally how we wanted to approach that episode but it's not like we had bullet points certainly I know I didn't have bullet points but if you did for those who didn't listen to our manly bands review on their green lantern ring that yes check out manlybands.com we have a promo lantern cast 30 which is good until february 29th leap year that uh 30% off any ring in their dc collection and pretty cool. And I, I, I will, I think I will continue to try to post a link uh, when I publish the new episodes on the on our on LanternCast.com, just so people can go at least check out the DC collection and see what's there. And listen but, to that previous episode if you haven't already. That's right. So what's on the what's on the agenda for tonight, Dan? Well, Mark, tonight we, the two of us. <laughs> It, we're going to be talking about Green Lantern War Journal number four, written by Philip Kennedy Johnson with art by Montos, colors by Adriano Lucas, and letters by Dave Sharp. The title of this issue is Rebuild. With the help of Lantern Shepard, John is undergoing what his multiversal counterpart calls a soul trek, where your own consciousness is projected inward and you can physically interact with your, the essence of your very being as a way to heal yourself or deal with trauma. This lets John, Shepard, and Kyle attack John's infection as if it were an invading army, but it's no use, and the Lanterns are overwhelmed by the power of the Radiant Dead. Since the Soul Trek failed, Shepard is ready to execute John before he can turn. John still believes that there must be another way, but Shepard says it's impossible that no Lantern has ever survived the infection. Even a Lantern's ring can't survive it. The infection leaves the ring totally cut off from everyone and everything. It never finds a new bearer or reconnects to its battery. 
And that gives John an idea. Varen lost some limbs during the train fight, and Shepard recovered his ring. They take the ring back to Steelworks, where John Henry and Natasha Irons bombard the ring with Genesis energy, using it as like a cosmic defibrillator to get the ring going again. When John puts the ring on, he experiences another soul trek, but this time he's inside of someone else's essence. He finds himself in a cold, desolate void filled with decaying bodies worshipping a literal dark star. (laughs) John encounters Varen there, or at least the aspect of Varen that exists in whatever this realm is, and we get an explanation for what John hoped to achieve by using Varen's ring. See, a Green Lantern's ring is connected to them through their mind, their willpower— So when the Radiant Dead infection kills the Green Lantern, it also impacts the ring, severing the ring's connection to everyone and everything. John's infection attacks everything that's part of him, meaning that he can't use his ascended powers without making the infection worse, unless he happens to find a ring that isn't connected to anything. By using Genesis Energy to jumpstart Varen's dead Green Lantern ring, John can put on that ring and have an infection-free way to start accessing his own power. When John returns to the real world, his body has been restored, there's no visible sign of the infection, and he's able to access his own power again through the ring. And since that ring used to belong to to Varen, John can use it to track the Radiant Dead, meaning he and Shepard know exactly where to go next. Yeah, I can't believe you didn't begin with that exciting Derlin beginning of the episode of the issue. Well, I'm uh, glad you brought that up because they scumbags. Well, here's the thing. I had to check just to make sure this is a character that Philip Kennedy Johnson was already using in his action comics run. And this is, um, Oh God, what's his name? Uh, Tharos. Uh, Tharos, yes. Yeah, he is I, He is the Lord Premier of the planet Durla. I don't know if that means he's like, he's like the king of the planet or whatever. I don't know what the, the what their world's political terms mean. But uh, he's also been a member of the United Planets Council. And he is wildly corrupt to the point that he has actually been in Mongols' pocket for a while, and ex- in exchange for Warworld leaving Durla alone, he, uh, uh, Tharos has been using his position on the council to kind of to make them ineffective enough to keep them out of Mongols' way, so he can continue doing whatever he wants, and that has directly led to to the genocide and enslavement of entire worlds. So yeah, this guy is a piece of crap. And I, I'm, it, it's, it's also, he also represents a piece of connective tissue between uh, Philip Kennedy Johnson's various DC works that I'm happy to see because it's like, it's those cro- kind of crossovers, like, like having steel show up in the last few issues of this book it makes it feel like a a larger shared universe without being intrusive about it. I I can I can certainly appreciate that, even though the the only good Durlin is a good Durlin is a dead Durlin <laughs> or an unwritten an unwritten undrawn Durlin. It's like oh my god, it's like oh, it is an interesting choice how to begin the issue, but I guess again to to 
kind of put everything in perspective about not just what the Dorlins are like, but the, uh, not that we, not that we need to have much suspicion that the United Planets is probably a crock of crap too, that, but it kind of puts it all in perspective, I suppose. I think it's I, interesting how like, uh, cause like really like this is this scene, it's a three page scene and it communicates so much both about like the, the political corruption that's kind of spoiling the United Planets and the Green Lantern Corps right now, but also it, it kind of, it's, it's, I don't know how to say it. Like, like up until now, the only threat posed by Varen is the fact that, Hey, he's a jackass with a ring that doesn't like John. And now he's a space zombie that doesn't like John, but the, the corrupt politician that put him on the core in the first place now is going to send more corrupt lanterns to go find him because if if something happened to Varen, Varen's very rich family is going to be mad and without their support Tharos won't be able to maintain his political power so it's like it's like the direct threat John is physically fighting on earth right now is also linked to this larger like political like politically corrupt status of the like the Green Lantern Corps and how like the United Planets is failing to live up to the ideals of what it's supposed to be. Yeah, I mean, I I, I agree. I definitely I definitely can see all that, that you can. It's it's just more. More political corruption, more bureaucracy, which just leads to creating other problems, which, of course, at this time moment in time, John Stewart and company don't need any more don't need any more problems, nor nor does Earth probably need any more fake Green Lanterns that are that are probably just going to get killed by the Radiant Dead anyway, <laughs> real quick, if they show up in the wrong place. So, uh, I don't know. Uh, I I kind of thought the the ending of the issue was interesting about with the uh, the title being what the hunt, the hunter and predator. I, I kind of based on where we left off talking about uh, Green Lantern last in the last issue review, it makes me wonder if if Predator has another meaning, considering we did see that energy that we thought earlier looked, it kind of did resemble. Now that, that was in the Green Lantern issue that was, that resembled. So let me scrap that. It resembled more either the indigo or the sapphire. But it made me wonder, just use the use of the word Predator, just because I'm, I'm I have entities in my brain lately wondering what's how how this could potentially be tied to what's going on in the spectrum. But I obviously the odds are that things are not going to go quite as easy as John expects with squaring off against the the radiant dead but i do but it is it is a nice change of pace that now at least on the surface it looks like the tide has has turned not necessarily passive but being the victims now they have a chance to and at least on the surface turn the tide and go after the, the radiant dead which of course is just going to push us closer to getting the reveal of exactly who the revenant revenant queen really is and her ties to john stewart Yes, and I think the I think using the word predator in the next issue blurb does have a meaning. I don't think it's a a Green Lantern specific meaning though. I think it comes down to the fact that John is a soldier who is going into a jungle to fight an invading alien. I think like I and like I think uh, in either the interview you you guys did with Philip Kennedy John or somewhere else online he talked about how like oh yeah the right. 
Yes. The the backup stories were very high fantasy kind of stuff, but once the book gets going, it's gonna be more like the movie Predator. <laughs> yeah, that is true. That that is true, and because we are because we already know that what's going on down what's going on down there in the jungle that you can only imagine how much stuff is going to be turned by the time they get down there. So yeah, I I, I agree, but I I couldn't help but I couldn't help but at least cross my mind as like hmm. But, I mean, I, I will give you this, like, when John is succumbing to the the infection and starting to change, his, like, limbs start to whip out, like, tentacles and stuff. And, it's and like, when uh, the infection is fighting back during the soul track, it's, like, like tentacles were coming down from, the sc- from, like, the sky and, like, and hitting them. And, and even an issue or two ago, when he had that first vision before we met the ghost of kyle <laughs> we saw like oh here's the war that will happen if you fail and it was giant like almost octopus tentacles coming down from the sky and like it's all this all like the color and the tentacle thing like i can't not think about the indigo entity yeah you, you can't yeah you, yeah you can't i mean i mean the easy they're easy write off on is because that's the color that the re- whether again you you could easily make the case well yes it's the color of the revenant queen and everything else but the uh and the radiant dead but the natural follow-up is is there is there a, a corresponding reason why it's so close to indigo because yeah technically you can make a case in real life it's like it is similar to violet except we know that traditionally the star sapphires really are more drawn pink than they really are violet yeah that the reality is it it definitely looks it looks like it resembles the the indigo light, which may not be a coincidence since we know the indigo light was, a, you know, the indigo tribes able to pretty much channel the entire emotional spectrum. So maybe that's not necessarily a, it's not, it may not be without design that that light is, is, is similar, but yeah, I don't know. It, it, it is, it is interesting. I do. Lo- I did like the line earlier in the book with uh, almost like a, almost like a Yoda line to a, to a young Jedi when John Stewart says pointing out that, that Shepard's kind of like a lot of young lanterns that he knows that basically they're too reliant on the, on the ring. And that kind of going back to that great Kilowog line, not that it served him well, cause he got killed in that storyline too, that it's not the, it, you know, it's the warrior, not the weapon that John yeah. Stewart's making it clear that if you have, and which, which was something I think Donna Troy made the point of saying to Kyle too. It's like, if you're, if you're entirely reliant on the ring, but you can't handle yourself without it, then you're setting yourself up for failure. Cause at some point, your ring may fail or, or may run out of energy. And then what are you going to do that? You have to be, you have to at least be a little bit more than that. Even if it's just in a, in the one in a one in a thousand times, it may come in, it may actually come to fruition. And Shepard is just completely relying on basically he's, he is his ring. His ring is him without, you know, that's, that's the only thing he has to do anything with. And that's what John Stewart, the mess, the point he's trying to get across is that's, that's, you really have to be more than that, or you should be more than that. Yeah, and like 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 you should know how to rely like instead of relying entirely on your ring, you have to recognize that the ring is a tool that is best applied with like in it with in the within the context of all of this other information. 
like you have to know what, exactly what you're capable of and what your teammates are capable of and what your opponent can do. And you have to understand as much as possible about the environment you're fighting in. And then based on all of that, you make a plan and the ring is part of the plan. Whereas Shepard is like, uh, just get good, get as good as possible at using the ring and then just lean into it until you win. Like, I, I think it's really interesting how in just like what two issues we're building fairly quickly a list of things that are totally normal for lanterns from Shepard's universe to do that our lanterns usually don't like right. the whole the whole concept of the space between I think that's what it's called the 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 limbo where yeah. ghosts live like that is that horrifying concept is just standard for them uh the the whole concept of the soul trek which i cannot say without trying to say star trek i know it is yeah the the idea that you know john points out that oh when shepherd makes these giant animal constructs like he keeps doing uh yeah those are those are sentient and autonomous and and shepherd's like yeah so what everybody does this back where i'm from and like all like all of these things that like he just sort of does, even though most of the Green Lanterns we're used to would never either never think of doing it or they wouldn't see the point in doing it. I guess because they haven't been at war and losing for this long. It is the concept of, again, because we know we, we kind of got a glimpse of something similar in, in what Hal and the Hal and the Lantern and the Green Lantern Corps book that it makes you wonder if maybe that's going to be something where they are going to do a variation on that in ours. Cause maybe that'll be the excuse for keeping Kilowog around without him being re- really alive. But yes, there are so many, there are so many things, so many things that are different in, in his universe, which is, which is cool from the perspective that you get to play with different ideas and different concepts and you get, and you also also borderline can be using them as trial balloons just to see how people react to them. And if people take to them and they seem like good ideas or they don't seem like good ideas, then some might be worth exploring and potentially having a tether to that new ability or power in our universe and others is like, well, maybe what's better off just keeping it as a, you know, in this little, not necessarily a true pocket universe, but in this alternate universe that they can do this and ours, we can't. So, yeah. Although it's all, it is also a case where John is learning about all of these different things that he either couldn't do or never knew to try. Right. So like I, so like now that he knows about the concept of the soul Trek or the 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 concept of the space between and he has a ring now can he just use those if he tries hard enough or is it like i'm i'm looking at this as as potentially new tools being added to his toolbox which could impact his plans when he has to go and engage his the enemy now that is also very true, and 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 it will be curious to see. And actually, it'll be curious because when you th- when you think about some of the things that we just discussed that John was talking about with Shepard, basically, kind of in his own way, not necessarily reprimanding him, but in his way, in in his own way, kind of given a much to learn you still have kind of. Th- 
lying to him. But yet we're all consciously aware of the fact that, you know, John did not John did not necessarily use the best strategy known to man when he was when he first dealt with the with the Radian dead or else he probably wouldn't have gotten infected in the first place. So it'll be curious to see how how that affects at all how he approaches dealing with them going forward or is is he is he going to be a little more cautious is he going to be a little more taking in his own advice that he needs to do more planning and be a little less how a little more like john and doing what and how he approaches this or is in a way is his now that he seemingly has he worked around this infection at least for this for the moment that is he going to potentially be a little cocky again and is it going to feed his e- is it going to feed his ego and his and his overconfidence now that he's back online, or is he going to try to learn from the mistake that he made the first time and and have that affect his strategy and his game plan? Because obviously you can make a case it could go, it could go either way. Well, also, is the infection gone? Is oh, I don't think a- it's gone. I yeah, I I don't think at all that it's gone. I think it's, you know, it's it's being it's being contained. The question is, is it going? Is it going to be one of those crutch things, kind of like Sodom Yat, with when, when he had eye on him? That basically, uh, have, yeah, yeah. I was thinking the exact same thing, like Sodom Yat, like he's a Daxamite. Lead can kill him. He got a massive dose of lead poisoning, but his Green Lantern ring, as yep. long as he wore it, it kept the 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 poison at bay. Right. As long as he never took that ring off, he's fine. Like, is that a thing? Like, if John ever takes that ring off he will like it'll flare back up and take him like i don't know yeah i don't think we're probably not going to know that for a while but i would i would suspect it's going to have to be something that's going to be ongoing just because it's it'd be it would be kind of it would be kind of too simple to uh just i mean i don't think anybody thinks it's out of his system at the moment but i but i think it would be too simple just unless you want to get down to breast breast tax and if he kills the if he kills the Revenant Queen, then that basically almost like severs the connection to whatever the hell that part of the that light that light infection that took turning people into living constructs or whatever that basically severs the connection to that source and then boom. I don't know. It, it'll be it'll be it'll be curious about that. Uh, I did I did like that the second like Soul Quest or whatever the. Uh, when they were looking at the literal dark star, yes, I thought when they were all kind of like hovering, like almost like praying to the, to their god in the sky, I thought that was that was very nicely drawn. But I also, but it also still raises a come takes us back to that dark star connection that we know is there. The question is how how direct yeah. how directly related it, it is. Yeah, very creepy scene, like very atmospheric. I love it. I also love the fact that nobody says the words dark star in this in this book yet but it's very clearly like it's literally a dark star it is a star in the sky that burns dark and all i can think is like if this is philip kennedy johnson retconning in some like cosmic mythology to prop up the dark stars good Please do. That group never got their due. No, we have seen a lot of them. their potential. No, we had seen a lot of them and variations on that theme for a while. We kind of got a heavy dose of that between the end of the the Venditti run and obviously the beginning of the Morrison run between the yeah. dark stars and the black stars and everything else. So, so yeah, I mean, I don't think I don't think it would be, it would be bad to create 
to have more of a tie to to considering the you know considering how you know the controllers and their role with the dark stars maybe it would be interesting to find out that hey even though it's not really a true like maybe it is a very still a variation on somehow connected to the emotional spectrum in a weird way so if it is connected to the emotional spectrum maybe there is maybe there's an entity for that too that's related to uh how you know this a, a source power for all of this too whatever you know so that is a that is a possibility as well and yeah i i would agree the dark stars could use a they could use a real a makeover from a mythological perspective we've already seen them like we talked about try and again the robert the thing that the thing that they were doing in the venditti run could have been interesting if robert venditti was interested in telling a yeah. more interesting story <laughs> but he but but he wasn't it was more like it was okay we'll give you like one issue where all the people that are getting killed are people that deserve to be killed and then after that it's like hey he just jaywalked across main street lethal force enabled <laughs> yeah yeah even at their best the dark stars never got out of the green lantern Corps' shadow no they, they never stopped feeling like a uh like the uh the sloppy seconds like uh, i was gonna say like the store brand <laughs> yeah you know and if this changes that that would be f- wonderful and i i love the little uh the uh because this is obviously like this is a place where like decaying shadowy corpses are praying to a dark star emblem glowing in the sky and varon says like you should not be here builder and yet this place seems to know you in a way you've always been here like yes Yes, do that. Give me more of that. <laughs> no, I was just gonna say, like, it feels almost like, like, w- there's still so much we don't know, but it feels like it's a mashup of so many things that John has been afflicted with or involved with. Like, he was a dark star. He was an indigo lantern at least once. He, again, I still think ul- the ultraviolet could play a big part here. Like, it's almost like all three of these things have been put in a blender and came out as this, you know? Right. Yeah, I think, and it's also possible in, in Shep, maybe in Shepard's universe, maybe there weren't any dark stars. Uh, not the way the, not the way the, we, we know them to be, but yeah, I think I, I, what I was going to say was, I think it's just interesting how almost everybody refers to John Stewart as the builder, even, even people who hate, even people who hate his guts and should know this, but now that they have, t- have ties to the, you know, to the Revenant Queen, yeah, that is like a. I was just gonna ask, like, so what do you think of John's new Green Lantern costume? It's like, it's slightly different from his normal one, but still, you know. Yeah, I, it's. I don't think it's different. It's not different enough to be over to be overly impressive. It it, it it's very. I mean, it is. The changes in it are subtle enough where I can't say that I'm blown away by it. Yeah, I'm sure I'll I'll it'll grow on me unless it doesn't have time to because this is like the fourth new look he's got in the last like three years. So who knows? Who knows what he'll have by issue like eight of this book? <laughs> that 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 is true. At least, at least he's not r- r- running around using a sword and looking like Kirk and Spock from. From the Mirror Mirror episode at ever Star Trek, so at least this is still, at least this is still a John Stewart that looks like John Stewart. So I guess that's something. <laughs> oh, but yeah, good issue. Yeah, it was. 
and no backup story about uh Varen's kid. But what about Korg, Mark? What is Korg <laughs> doing? Maybe he'll become one of the Radiant Dead. That probably would make more of an interesting story. Nah. Just you wait. We'll all uh, we'll all be saying, hey, you know, whenever Korg's not around, we're asking, what about Korg? Where's Korg doing? Yeah. As opposed to you mean like Sora? <laughs> How many years has it been since we've seen Sora? So, only several. Only several. So I don't know if we have anything else tonight. I think we, we've been Chad left us high and dry. So I don't know. What, what, what do you got, Dan? What do you have? I mean, if you if you go to Mosaic Comics on YouTube, you will find my latest question and answer video where I, I tackle a good chunk of the the questions that that the listeners and and fans of the the of mosaic comics have sent in uh i'm trying to do smaller a series of smaller q a videos that come out more often instead of what i've always done which is just let a giant pile of questions accumulate and try to do them all in one shot uh it turns out the more people who leave questions the larger that task gets until it is just like not really feasible anymore. So we're going to do this and I think it's going to work out great, but Hey, you let me know what you think by going to mosaic comics uh, on YouTube and just like, you know, go through the whole Q and a series. Cause it's a fun time. It touches on like dozens and dozens of interesting topics. Yes. That's Jim Ford's mosaic comics. <laughs> he wishes <laughs> he wishes lanterncast at gmail.com lanterncast.com you can follow us on twitter like us on facebook hashtag geocast we're on apple Podcasts, spotify podbean no more stitcher last but not least if you'd like to leave us a voicemail or text 708 lantern and yes before we go remember our our beloved sponsor manlybands.com go check out their dc collection lanterncast 30 not cap sensitive we double checked that today it's not cap sensitive so any part of their DC collection between now and February 29th, you can save 30%. So, And they have some really cool stuff like we talked about in the last episode. Check out everything that's not DC related, too. They have a lot of interesting items. And I think that's surprisingly it. I, I can't believe how succinct we were. See, without Chad talking, it's amazing what we can get done in, in like 40 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we miss you, Chad. We miss you, Chad. <laughs> Good night, everybody. <laughs> Good night. Happy holidays. Yes. If they aren't over already. I don't know when. They... It'll be around New Year, so it, it, it'll be it'll be something. Happy yeah. 2024. Happy, happy. <laughs>